0: I want to look in Luke chapter 11 today, Luke chapter 11. I've mentioned this a few times. I I like to make sure everybody knows that uh, I'm nothing tremendously special um, at all. And I have my share of struggles in the scriptures to understand things just like everyone else does. And I remember younger being quite confused about this passage. Because it just seems so odd to me. So if you'd like to turn, I'll be in Luke 11. And I want to start with verse 5. Luke 11, verse 5. I'm going to read a few verses, then we'll pause for a second. And he said to them, which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed with me and I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you though, he will not, uh, he will not get up and give him anything because of his friend yet because of his uh, impudence and this translation reads it, he will arise and give him whatever he needs. I'm going to just stop there for a minute. What are we talking about? This always seemed an awkward verse uh, passage to me, and i don 't know that i 've really fully understood it. Maybe I, the beautiful part about the scriptures is because it 's alive, I can say I never fully understand any part of the scripture because it is alive and active in our lives if we know the Lord. But I was always confused by this and thought this a peculiar story. Of course, this is a uh, uh, a parable that Christ is telling his disciples but To understand this fully, I think we need to really understand the context with which it is set. And so many times we will read the first five verses, and in fact many of us probably have them memorized of this chapter, but we don't read the section that comes after it. So with that in mind, now that we've read those few verses, let me read the first half of this chapter. Okay, So you can go back with me. Verse 1, chapter 11, understanding what's going on here and understanding there's a very quick transition from Christ teaching his disciples to pray to then giving them uh, this parable to help them understand what it was that he's teaching. So let me reread Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through, I'm going to go through 13 this time. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, this is where we combine these two, which of you who has a friend "...will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he he will not get up and give him anything because of his friend, yet because of his persistence, probably a better word, he will rise and give him whatever he needs." How much more will the Heavenly Father give give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So let's look at this parable a little bit so we can begin to understand what it was that Christ is teaching us. This is as true as it was when He spoke it then as it is today. We have to understand that this is a passage that is giving us some insight into being persistent in prayer that we continuously are asking for the things that we need. Very similar to the uh, parable he gives a few chapters later, Luke chapter 18, where he talks about uh, the woman who goes before the uh, unjust uh, judge and keeps asking for, her, uh, for him to intervene in her case. And eventually he gets tired of her, so he does what she asks, even though he says he doesn't fear her, doesn't fear a man, doesn't fear God. He's going to do what's right. So let's talk about this uh, neighbor for just a minute, because I think it's an interesting story. That we can and should place ourselves in this story because if you catch this first part, Christ is asking them to place themselves in this story, right? So he says to you and he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, right? So place ourselves and we are the person who is in need of the bread. Okay, This is where we need to make sure we understand the beginning of this uh, parable so that we can understand that we are the friend in need. And when he says, which of you, well, that's obviously all of us at some point will need something. So we also have to understand that in this time and day, hospitality was extremely important in this culture. If you had someone come to your house and you were to immediately do a number of different things to make sure that they were uh, taken care of, you might wash their feet, you would get them something to drink, and you would certainly give them something to eat. And you wouldn't just give them the leftovers, you would give them like a fresh loaf of bread and that type of thing. It's very likely if this person showed up at your house at midnight, they'd probably been on a long journey, so that it was even more important. And so what happened was this person was unprepared to some degree. Uh, They didn't have uh, the bread that they needed to feed their guest. And so they went to a friend to ask to borrow a couple loaves of bread. You ever had a friend who always needs something from you? Got a, a few smiles. Well, of course we have. Ever bother you sometimes? Because you think, if you had just prepared, then you wouldn't be bothering me for what this is about. All right? We've all been there. You ever been that friend? Goes to someone else for something, you probably knew you should have been prepared and you weren't, but now you need something. Maybe some of us, and I'll include myself in this, are the stubborn ones who don't want to go ask for help. We find ourselves in that part of the story, too. And if you think about it, there's some uh, surprise here. I mean, this is like Midnight. Going back to this culture, it's not like the person who's in the house that has the food can just go flip on a light switch and walk to the kitchen and grab a loaf of bread. That's not going to happen. right? The idea that all the kids are in bed together, it's probably a very poor neighborhood. They all sleep together in one small room. These doors, when it talks about it being closed and locked, uh, probably like a big heavy iron bar that was put across the door and to get up and try and manage your way in the dark through all the kids laying around in the room to go to the front door and open it is going to wake everybody up. This is inconvenient. I don't know if you've ever had anybody show up at your house at midnight. Some of you probably have or late at night and needed something. So again, I'm trying to help us put ourselves in this. But again, we must remember that the question is which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight. So this is a this is us going to our friend to interrupt them late at night to ask them to borrow something uh, that we probably should have had to begin with. And so we have to make sure we place ourselves in this. But the important thing here is this persistence that goes on. So the friend, we go to our friend asking for something. We know it's an inconvenience. We know it's late at night. We know that we probably should have had our own bread. Maybe he didn't know this person was coming, but either way... And he goes, and he's persistent in the asking. Or you could say he had boldness. Or one translation I looked at said, shameless audacity. That you're going to stand there at midnight, knock on the door, asking for bread. And what we see here is that the person who's inside the house, just based on friendship, is not going to get up and do it. But because he continues to ask, will get up and do it. So this is important for us to understand here. And this is an example, ultimately, of what? Of how we are to approach Christ in our prayers. You see, it's this idea that we are the ones who are in need, whether it's because of someone else or because if we need something ourselves. And we're going to a friend late at night and we're knocking on the door and we're asking for something. And the lesson that we have here is not to go up and knock like real softly. Like, hello, are you home? or just ask once and then run away, we are to stand there persistently, repeatedly, asking for the assistance that we need. And so when we have a need in our lives, we are to go to God in prayer, not just once, not just twice, not sheepishly be, oh, if you could, if you don't care, but to stand on the principles of what we know and know that He is what? A good Father, as we see later in this chapter, and ask Him for what it is that we need. And God gives it to us. So this is, again, I think something that maybe we have a hard time with. But the lesson here is we are to never, ever give up. We should never stop praying for our friends and our family to be saved. Never. We should never give up. If we have another need in our lives, we should never stop praying for that. Why? Because the Bible tells us, Christ himself tells us to be persistent in what it is that we ask for. Even when we think it sounds ridiculous, even when we've lost all hope that it will ever occur, we are to do what? To be faithful, to continue to ask. This is the lesson that is taught. Of all the things, and trust me, I've listened to studies on the, um, on the prayer that Christ taught that went on for hours and hours and weeks and weeks. But look at what he follows up with is so important. Persistence. Persistence to pray and ask for what you need. This is how we are to approach God. Now, there's honestly a difference between um, going up and being uh, disrespectful. And we might look at this, and I think this is where as a kid sometimes I had a hard time understanding because it seems a little disrespectful to show up at midnight and start knocking on the door. We can't be disrespectful to God. He's still God. He's still in charge. He's still all-powerful. But that doesn't mean that he only has certain office hours he's willing to hear us by. We are to be persistent. We are to ask for what we need. And we are to do it how often? All times without ceasing. Now, we can't be threatening to God. That seems foolish. right? We can't just be completely uh, rude to him. We have to understand that sometimes his answer is what? no. Sometimes his answer is, wait. Sometimes his answer is, yes, but not the way you think. I've experienced that a lot. Anybody else? (laughs) Sometimes his answer is, yes. Sometimes it's immediate. But the reality is, we are to be persistent in the way that we ask. This is the key of this passage, to understand that we must be respectful, yet persistent in those of us who ask. And we also have to ask with right motives. That's really key, too. James 4 and 3 says, You ask ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, or you ask amiss. I think many, many times some of the things that I've prayed for, whether I knew it or not, I was asking wrongly. Right? I was asking for selfish reasons for myself. Now you'll see this is not how this passage, this parable is set up at all. This gentleman is having a friend coming, so he goes to his friend to get bread. He's not waking up at midnight, Going, oh, geez, I'm hungry. I'm going to go ask Bob down the road, right? No, he is realizing there is someone who's coming to him in need. He's going to someone else who can meet these needs. We cannot ask amiss. We cannot ask to consume on our own passions. And so it's entirely different to have a prayer to God saying, make me wealthy. than it is to help me have the money to help this person or to support this mission or to give to this individual or to help the church in this way. And so we must be careful and considerate about what we ask for, most certainly. But we must be persistent in what we do. it. We must be cognizant of how we do it. Now, this is really the amazing part that let's just stop and think about for a minute. Again, I don't want us to lose track. I feel like I've said it 15 times. We are the one who's asking for the bread. We're the one who's waking him up. We're the ones who are knocking at the door. We're the ones who are supposed to be persistent. Of whom? Who's the the homeowner in this situation? Of God. And God cares about you. He cares about what you're asking for. He's not playing a game here saying, well, if you ask five times, I'll give it to you. But he actually cares about us. When you pray to God, He cares about what you are asking about. As a good father, He wants to do what? To give you good things. It's His desire to do that. Follow up with the rest of this chapter. Would a father among you, if his son asks for a fish, instead give him a serpent? Well, of course not. And who's our father? He is our father. And He is our good father. There is one that is good. I can try to be a good father, But the reality is I'm not, not compared to him. He is the one and the only that is good. He wants to give us good gifts. He desires to give us good gifts. And he tells us to be persistent and ask correctly for the things that we want and the things that we know. The Father knows that we need these things. And he wants us to ask. Why? Because it is a part of obedience. And if you go back and look through the Gospels and study the things that Christ does, what is he doing all the time? He's praying. What happens after he does all manner of miracles? He'll pull away from everything and he'll go and he'll pray. Why? Because he knows and is demonstrating that prayer and communication with God is vital to proper living. And then he goes and he'll ask God for things. This is the Son of God, God incarnate living on this earth. And he is going to go and ask God? Yes. And he's going to be persistent about it. Think about when he was arrested in the garden. What was he doing? Praying. And he went back and told his disciples, pray with me. And they fell asleep. And he went back and he prayed again. And he comes back and he tells, "Pray with me. And he goes back and they fall asleep and he prays again. And he's asking, he's petitioning God. He said, if I must drink this, it will be your will. So we see here an incredible picture of Christ himself who was uh, showing us, demonstrating by his deeds that we are to be persistent, that we are to be respectful, but that we are to ask for what it is that we need, nevertheless, his will be done in all of it. How much more should we be asking? Now again, you can think, well, maybe this is only for the important things. We listed some important prayer requests this morning, didn't we? People who tragically passed away, people who are sick, people who are have lost their children, and just a variety of of number of things. And we can start to think, well, maybe we should just be praying for the important things. This guy did it for bread. Just some bread. Were they going to starve to death before morning came? No. But he needed it to fulfill what were his obligations. And so he asked for it. And so we should never think that anything in our lives is so trivial that we can't pray about it. We really shouldn't. And I think sometimes we are unwilling to do that. And I think it's our pride. We think, well, this doesn't matter. I can't possibly say that prayer request after somebody just asked for prayer over someone who lost their child. Yes, you can. Because God loves you. Because He cares about you. Because He wants to do good things for you. And if whatever's in your heart today is something that you're asking for that's right, right? Not asking to miss, not, not to consume it on my own passions and my own lusts, but something that's right. Then it doesn't matter whether it seems like the biggest thing in the world or the most trivial thing in the world, so I can have some food for my guests. The answer is we ask and we ask and we ask until God gives it. This is what the scripture is telling us. He is reminding us that we are his children. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This is the relationship dynamic that he set up with us. We have gone from enemies of God when we are saved to his very children. And this is the example that he's given us. A father wants to and will do good things for his children. I'm not going to trick him. I'm not going to say, I'm going to give you one thing and give you something that harms you. He's going to do good things for us. We must ask this is the important lesson that is being taught here we should go to him and say father father please this is what I need whether it's a good thing in our time of plenty or a time of need I've had this thought for many years and I think I mentioned it once here And forgive me if this doesn't resonate very well when I was in high school uh, I came to this conclusion that many people today Many people just randomly call themselves Christians, which is a good portion of this country. And even many of us who are actually been saved by God's grace and believers, we treat God like a convenience store or like Walmart. I go there. Why? Because they have everything that I need and they're open 24 hours a day. So I just go when I need something. And many of us treat God the same way. We want to go to Him. Well, all of a sudden, I haven't talked with you for a week, but I need something. And it's 3 a.m. Who do I do? I pray. Sometimes God understands this. I don't think he gets mad at us. I think he gets disappointed. We shouldn't treat God that way. We should be persistent in what it is that we pray for. We should be consistent. We should ask him and we should pray when? Always. Not just when there's an emergency. Not just when we run out of food. But at all times and in all ways, we should ask everything of our father who loves us and wants to do good things for us. We should Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Can you really pray without ceasing? I think a challenge just a few years ago to try and spend, what was it, 30 minutes a day praying? Boy, that was actually really hard, right? Just to steal away for 30 minutes and just, just do nothing but pray for a revival a couple years ago. And we got to see what a challenge that was. So to pray without ceasing. But it's the idea, I think, that we are living a daily life, that we are constantly in communication with God, and that everything that comes up, we ask Him and pray to Him, and we do it consistently with perseverance, asking for Him to give us leadership, to give us guidance, to give us a blessing, to help us understand things, to help us know what we should and should not do. And we have to remember, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock, it'll be opened. This is vitally important to the principle of who we are. So we must be persistent in asking for God to work in our lives and to answer prayers in His timing, having confidence that He'll do it. Going back to this parable real quick, it's very likely that when he knocked on that door, he knew his neighbor had bread. We don't live like this anymore, but very likely a small community, houses close together. Everybody probably knew who was baking bread that day. He probably did it every day, every couple of days. So he knew very likely that this person had bread that could solve his problem. And he went in his hour of need with boldness, with consistency, with persistence, asking for what it was that he needs. Do we remember that God can do anything? Do we ask, or sometimes do we not ask? We're like, well, you can't fix that. Maybe we wouldn't say that out loud. Many of us who are believers, we wouldn't say, well, God can't handle this. But I think sometimes we functionally act that way. We're not willing to ask because we don't believe it can happen. You think God can't change something that happened? To go back to our young person lesson this morning in time, before Well, he has in the past, and I think he can do it now. We must be a people who pray. That is what Christ taught us. That is what Christ insisted on. That is what Christ modeled for us. He told us over and over again to do it. He showed us how to do it by his uh, example, and he taught us how to do it in the scriptures. We must be persistent in our prayer. Not only for ourselves, but for others. And remember that we are His children. And it delights the Father to give us the kingdom and to do things for us. doesn't mean we always get what we want. Any of us who have more than a few years on us will understand that. We may not always get it the way we want it. But God will always be there for us. In His timing and in His perfect way. And so my challenge for us today is, are you being persistent? If God has given you a burden for someone, are you persistently praying for them? If God has given you a burden for something, are you persistently praying for it? Are you doing what you ought to do? Are you living out the life that Christ taught us and gave us by example? And to those who are not saved if God at some point in your life has pulled on your heartstrings and revealed to you your state before him, which if you're unsaved is an enemy of God, maybe you tried and prayed once and nothing happened. The same concept applies. God is telling you to be what? To be persistent. You've heard my testimony. It took me a matter of seconds from the time my knees hit the ground to begin praying to when I was saved. Others, it took a year or longer It took persistence for them going back to the one and he wasn't their father yet, but he knew that he could be to go back to the one who you want to be adopted by and repeatedly say, God, forgive me a sinner who has no value and save me. And at some point, God, in that persistent prayer, if the spirit is in it, will in fact save you and you will become a child of God and you will then have the power of God based on your persistent prayer. Don't give up for the once. Don't stop twice. Don't stop three times. I don't care how many times you have prayed for salvation, how many times you came down here or prayed in your seat or in your bed at night. Never, ever, ever stop. It's a foundational principle that God has told us we should not stop. And those of us who are here today who know our family and our friends who were lost, we should never, ever, ever stop either. On their behalf, we should pray all the time. God, save their soul. Show them the error of their ways. Show them how to come after you. Draw them unto you. Convict them. Help them to feel the uh, wrath that is rightfully theirs to come unto God and to truly repent and seek after him. And that should be our prayer. When? All the time. Once? No. Twice? No. Always. 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 Just like those of us who are parents are always praying for our kids, or at least we should be. We must always be praying for others, too. What about other people's children? What about other people's siblings? What about our friends? Brothers and sisters, my hope is that I would increase in my persistence in prayer that I will come boldly before God and ask for the things that he has told me to ask for, repeatedly saying, Lord, save this person. Lord, help me to do this. Lord, be with this. Lord, give me this so that I can serve you better. Whatever it is over and over again, may you always repeatedly stand firm on the foundation of God, knowing that God isn't annoyed. God isn't the one. God isn't not hearing you. We must come to him, and we must do it with great passion and great consistency. And I tell you, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. If the Spirit of God is telling you to seek him, your responsibility is to seek. If you've been knocking on the door of God, your responsibility is to continue doing that. Because with persistence, with shameless audacity, when you tell God what you need, He will, in His own time, fulfill what you need if you're not asking amiss. And if you're asking for salvation, you're not asking wrong. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. So, brother, if you don't care to come, and I don't know what you have prepared, if you have a hymn for us all to sing, great. If you just want to play something, that's fine, too. But let's stand. Let's have a moment where we can reflect on this. Maybe you need to pray for somebody or something. You can do that down here at the altar, come before God, bow before Him. You can do it at your seat. Maybe you who are here have never been saved and you're realizing you need to be. And you're like, you know, I tried this a couple of times and it didn't work. Try again. Whatever it is that God is leading you to do, do it. But do it in prayer and do it over and over again until God answers you. He will not be offended. He will not be upset. He will not be unmoved.